Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, Good morning everyone. Uh, the Faces of AI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Eve Zellmer, founder, founder of TBI.com and your host. Today, I will be chatting with Dr. With Dr. Shane Studd about resilience and after injury. This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Dr. Shane, Shane Studd and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years of combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, dysautonomia, and more. For your free free question, you can find them online at at inditbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zellmer, and you're listening, you're listening to Pieces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not be familiar with who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and of life with a traumatic brain, traumatic brain, finding the road back to normal. Additionally, I've published four other books on the topic, the topic of brain injury. All of them are available on, available on. Additionally, I am editor-in-chief of the Brain Health Magazine, and you can, you can grab your free digital description at, at thebrainmagazine.com. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com, and you can follow, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And I invite you to join my private Facebook Facebook group, AI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Doctor today's guest is guest is Dr. Shane, and he became a chiropractic neurologist in 2003, and is one of only a small handful of practic neurologists in the entire state of state of Colorado. Dr. Stedman is the owner of Integrated Brain Centers, and is an ex- expert in treating and supporting tough cases concussion, migraine, vertigo, peripheral neuropathy, autoimmune condition, hormonal disorders, and many, many others. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Sudman. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, happy to have you here. So, um, um, Dr. Sudman, let me start with this background of how you came to work with uh, uh, TBI patients. You know, I've been doing this for 20 years now, and you know, my my love actually started back in the day with. It's, it's funny. It's always a funny story. I get asked this quite a bit on podcasts, and and it's it's always interesting because I always reflect. But my mom actually worked for a chiropractic neurologist, and she would come home with all these just really amazing stories, and. I was actually a music major, and kind of like halfway through my, you know, uh, degree, getting my major, I was like, I want to do what that guy did, because it just was, it was always so cool, the stories that she would come home with, and the things that they would do, and how they'd help people, and I was like, I, that, that's, that's what I want to do, I want to go help people, and so um, I ended up getting my chiropractic neurology degree, and you know, went on to learn and took TBI courses and got, you know, a whole certification in brain injuries and have been doing that ever since. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really cool story of how, you know, you watch what your mom um, will talk about and bring home from work. Um, I think that's really inspiring. I know a, a couple of patients um, who have been treated by Funk Neuro and made them just decide that that's what they would do. And so they so they for college and changed their major. And I, you know, like, it's like things happen in your life for reasons sometimes. And um, um, it's just cool. I know the one patient I'm thinking of in particular, um, she's almost done. She's almost done with her chiro- um, degree. And then she'll go on for her functional neurology diplomate. So it's, but it, I think it's always really, it's always really cool how people professions sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I, and you're right. Like things happen in our lives and you don't even realize it. And I've had even patients in here that, you know, have gotten better and then went on to, you know, go do the same things, which is, which is so cool to, to see. And, and I think this is truly one of those professions where you get to see people get better in real time. And that makes it mm-hmm. fun to come to work. If that makes sense. Cause I think sometimes there's mm-hmm. other healthcare professions where, you don't really see the person like continuously um, like, you know, emergency medicine is so amazing what they do, but they never get to see like what happened to that patient that I saw the other day. And I think with brain injuries, you get to be involved with them and their life and their journey and you get to see the progress and that's pretty satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Today we're talking about resiliency after brain injury. And, and let's start with like your definition of what that means. Because I think it's a bit of a buzzword, especially this time of year, right? Right after the new year, we're talk- a lot of people are talking about resiliency. Um, so, you know, what and what does that word mean to you? It's a great question to start this because you're right. It is it is kind of a buzzword. I think it's also part of the longevity buzzword mm-hmm. world, you know, because mm-hmm. everybody's talking about, you know, can we do you know, like ice baths and all these things like that to improve resiliency. But I, but I, I, I see resiliency as something like how do you recover from an injury or an incident? You know, because, you know, we're all prone to catching a bug or a flu or a cold. You know, some of us are going to be involved in car accidents, slip and falls, ski injuries, sports injuries you know, things like that. So to me, resiliency is how well do we bounce back from that incident to get back to the life that we love. And we see this a lot in the brain injury world where, you know, sometimes sometimes the injuries are so big that any amount of resiliency that you have definitely takes a hit, you know. And then we see other patients who really didn't live a very healthy life. They didn't do things the way they should have. Maybe they're overly stressed. Maybe they didn't eat well, you know, um, you know, for whatever reason. Maybe they worked in a, a career that they're involved in a lot of chemicals and toxins. And all those things start to reduce that resiliency so that if something does happen, their ability to bounce back is not so great. And sometimes that's why I, I see the struggle um, in trying to get some of these patients better is, how is the resiliency to bounce back? And, I, and to me, that's where I think that that key to educating, you know, our patients, the world, people is, you know, that people always say like, well, why should I eat healthy? And why should I go for walks? And why should I do meditation? You should do those things because it, it increases your resiliency mm-hmm. when and if something does happen. And to me, that's what I think resiliency should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, 
I'm just going to add, going to add one little caveat with that, with that. So especially after a brain injury, people want to recover completely to who they were, they were. And with brain injury, that isn't always, you know, you know, the, the expectation. If we can get you to 80%, we'll be happy. Right. Um, And so thinking more like recovery versus resiliency, right? Like, are you able, are you resilient? Are you able to, are you able to bounce back, be okay with only being 80% instead of focusing on, no, I must recover to a hundred percent percent. And I think in, in the world, I think too many, too much medical terminology is on recovery and like I said, in brain injury, that that might not be a hundred percent. Where whereas I broke your ankle, the expectation is yes, we want to get you to a hundred percent. But a brain injury might that that might not be a realistic expectation. And so having that resiliency to be able to you know be okay with that and to be able to be able to bounce back and be like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm at eighty percent. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I find this, I, I do find this interesting too that you can have somebody who does, you know, let's say um, break an ankle, you know, sprain their ankle severe. Even people when they do that, they'll say, you know, I know my ankle will probably never quite be the same, you know, and, uh-huh. and it's almost like their expectations from having an ankle injury or fracture or, or injuring their knee, they know that I'm probably not going to go back to being 100% of what I used to be. You know, you may not be able to sprint as fast, you know, um, unless you're a professional athlete, and then that could be a little bit different. But for the average Joe, you know, if, if we have some kind of ankle injury, we're like, oh, man, the ankle is just never going to probably be the same. And But then when it comes to our brain, people do think, hey, I should be doing the exact same thing that I did previously. And, and you're right. I, I We try really hard to get people back to that 100%. You know, and the goal is to see how close can we get. And sometimes a brain injury just definitely changes things. And that makes it really hard for people because you almost have to, you almost have to understand that there might be a new normal. And it's just everybody's so different and you can, you can't predict. And some people you do get back to 100%. And that's super awesome. But I think it does go back to the resiliency. You know, how much, you know, like a, like a professional athlete, you know, it's it's interesting when you see some of these athletes that, you know, break a leg. And then uh, I think there was one that was in the Super Bowl years and years ago. Uh, he broke his leg six weeks before the Super Bowl and played again. And everybody was like, how in the heck did that happen? Well, the amount of conditioning and resiliency with his muscles and his joints was just out out of this world, you know. But then you have somebody else who breaks their leg, and it takes them like six months to recover. And so I think that's mm-hmm. where the resiliency comes into play. It's like how well do we take care of ourselves and how much self-care um, are we involved in? Are we doing all the things needed to keep our inflammation down so that if we do get a brain injury, we're not dealing with all this inflammation on top of the injury that is making things worse. And, and so I think that's, you know, I love the fact that the world's talking about resiliency and, you know, ice baths and all these cool things like that that are, that are fun to talk about. But sometimes I think we miss the simple things of stress mm-hmm. reduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, as, as you know, I teach weekly yoga classes. And I think, you know, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. I just got a woman 
um, that asked to stop emailing her about my yoga stuff. I'm not interested in yoga. And I was like, I was like, mm, unfortunate because yoga could probably really help you. <laughs> um, and, you know, I get it that people have these unrealistic expectations of what yoga is because of social media, right? We see these big bendy poses and it's like, that's not at all what yoga is. Um, um, but yoga can really help with resiliency and, you know, especially with the breath, breath work doing yoga. And, and as you know, you know, breath work can help calm the nervous system. It can, can help with resiliency. It can, you know, help tone the vagus nerve. Like, like it's many benefits that like sometimes people are really short sighted and can't see, um, you know, and I think like the ice, the ice, the thermal culture, you know, going in a warm sauna and then going in an ice bath, like, taking cold showers in the morning instead of hot, instead of hot showers. And I don't mean like ice cold, but colder than you're used to, right? Like all those things mm-hmm. can help reduce heart rate rates and, you know, just, yeah. So just building that resiliency and, um, and um, what other um, hacks do you have for resiliency? You know, I think some of the, I think when we talk about resiliency, you know, and I think we talk, I think at the moment, I was thinking about this as what you were talking, but now at the moment we're talking about like all the things you should do prior to if or when something happens, mm-hmm. but then also, also how you build back your resiliency, you know, because if you have a brain injury, how do you get that resiliency back? And that that can be even tougher, you know. So there are like all your different hacks, like your ice baths and you know hot and cold plunges, and you know, uh, I mean, people are doing like IV therapies and all these cool things to to improve resiliency and longevity, you know. But you know, I I do think a lot of people simply kind of forget the basics, you know. And because you can see, you know, somebody doing an ice bath, you know, every single day, but then they're also drinking, you know, like most days of the week. And it's like, well, that's great that you're doing ice baths, but you're also still drinking, you're eating inflammatory foods, you know, you're still, you know, drinking sodas that have, you know, a, a chemical that's not going to be great for your body. You know, there's still, like, things that they're not doing, you know, like getting enough sleep. You know, are you working on your sleep? Are you going to bed at a decent hour? Are you sitting on the screen all night long? You know, are you super stressed? You know, and I think those are the pieces, too, that, you know, when you either before an injury or after an injury – you know, these basic things we also have to look at because people are do talk about hacks, which is super great, but, you know, you can do ice baths all day long, but you also have to look at the other end of the spectrum or your life and say, okay, what am I doing to support mm-hmm. just healthy, healthy living? So if you're stressed out all the time, yes, I think ice baths help, but can you also reduce your stress? Can you also go get counseling? you know, and work on grief, work on unforgiveness, work on all these other pieces, because that is all part of resiliency. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that's the part that, you know, I, that we try to teach patients, you know, it's like, because a lot of times when patients have a, like a brain injury, you know, it's hard to be like, okay, and I want you to go do a, a infrared sauna, and I want you to do an ice bath, and I want you to do NAD, and I want you to do all these like cool hacks we see on TikTok. And you know, instead right now we're just trying to get patients to say, okay, can you go for a walk? You know, can you can you go to counseling and work on your, you know, not letting the brain injury be your new identity? You know, that builds resiliency. So I think there's a lot of these pieces that, that people, it doesn't have to be complex because sometimes people sit at home going like, are you for real? I have to go buy an ice bath? It's like, no, no, <laughs> you can just do yoga. 
you know, do something at home that doesn't cost you a ton of money and, and you know, just keep it simple and start working towards it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and as you were talking, I just there's a quote that I hear off often. You know, um, if you don't focus on your self care, you'll be focused. You'll be you'll be forced focus on your sick care. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it's a powerful, powerful quote. Like you're saying, you know, like like doing ice bath and yoga five days a week, but I'm still eating eating crappy food soda. Yeah, right, right. Like so, and I get it. It's like you can't just change everything at once obviously, um, taking those baby steps and making those efforts to improving your current well-being so that you are, you are more resilient to have something happen. And that something doesn't even have to be a brain injury. It could be a death of a loved one. It could be the loss of a job. It could be, you know, there's just so many things that we need to be resilient, resilient from just a brain injury. So, so um, critical Absolutely. life skill. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, and you see even simple things like um, exposure to mold, you know, and yeah. it's, it, I remember there's about four years ago, I was treating, I was treating a patient, actually, I was treating two of the two patients, there were four college girls that were living together in a house. And um, they went in and, and uh, somebody came in and did a repair underneath the sink. And they ripped out all the wood, which you're not really supposed to if there's mold, but they ripped out all the wood and got mold exposure. You know, the, it went airborne. So two of the four girls ended up being really, really sick, which is it's interesting. So why did two of the four get really sick? You know, and that you can look at that as resiliency. I know one of the patients that I was treating, she had, a, she had some health issues they're kind of underlining already that were never kind of addressed. So when she got hit with mold, she was the one that was the sickest. Um, the other girl, you know, had, was sick, but she kind of overcame it pretty quickly. So it always makes a difference, like, why? I mean, we see this in brain injuries, too. Why can one person bump their head, you know, on a counter, you know, and fall apart? Another person can bump their head on the counter, see some birds for the day, and then they're, they're good to go. And you see this with car accidents. Sometimes you see some of these really crazy car accidents that people walk away with no issues. Another person yeah. has a fender bender at 20 miles per hour, and they're just their life is destroyed. And that has to go back to some of this resiliency. You know, like how healthy are you prior to the incident? And, you know, and I think that's what people got to – this is where, like, things like blood work come into play and getting checked out – and, you know, saying, okay, where, where do I have deficiencies and what can I fix? But I find that fascinating being in practice, why you can have two similar types of incidences and have very opposite reactions. Yeah, yeah. And I, we hear brain injury survivors all the time question that, right? Like, like how come I'm so messed up and the other person in the car walked away fine? Like how often do we see that? Right. Um, all the time. All and, the time. And not to say that, to say the thing wrong, not, not saying like, well, you didn't do enough wellness care beforehand. Like, like clearly there's lots of rules at play here, but, but it is, it is really interesting. Um, Cause I mean, I've seen professional athletes right, who are in the best shape in the world and they struggle after a concussion concussion. So, but it, it is, it's, it's really interesting how two people can have the same injury and be slightly different. Yeah. 
I agree, and I and I think it's a great point to bring up that yeah, this is not a it's not even a shame statement to say like you did a bad job and somebody else did a better job, because I mean there's genetics involved, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. that we don't even know, and these are the things. There's things that you know and things that you don't know, and there's things that are in your control and things that are not in your control, and and I think that's what makes life and living just interesting. Because mm-hmm. you could have an autoimmune condition that you were just not even aware of, yeah. But the but the accident or the injury turned it on or sparked it, or you can have a gen, a gene that got flipped on because of the trauma. That maybe you were super healthy, but you had a genetic undertone that was just laying, is like letting a sleeping dog lie, and that that injury poked the bear, and now everything came to the surface. So, mm-hmm. you know, and those are things that you you can't ever predict. And, and I think that's what makes these brain injuries so complex and so different from person to person, you know. But I think at the end of the day, I think whether you're, you know, working on just health and wellness or if you're trying to recover from a brain injury, I think it's, you know, so important to, you know, look at lifestyle and say, what are the things that I can control? Because I do see a lot of people that, you know, sometimes they have a brain injury and then you're like, why are you eating pizza? And drinking alcohol, yep. because that's a that's a very inflammatory process, and you're trying to heal. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like it'd be better to like look at what you're eating, um, and how you're eating, you know, or little simple things that I know they they may sound simple, and they're probably not for some. But you know, like your meditation and yoga, you know, it's like those are things that even if it's something that you say I can only do yoga for five minutes, we'll use that. Then do yoga mm-hmm. for five minutes. Because if you can now do it for seven minutes, then that's a win. And if in two weeks you can now do it for 10 minutes, then that's a win. But the thing is you have to start somewhere when it comes to resiliency. And you can't say, well, I can't go do yoga because I don't have an hour of my life to spend. That's fine. Take five minutes. Because five minutes is better than no minutes. And I think people have to understand that you've got to start somewhere. Even if you can only meditate for five minutes, then meditate for five minutes. You know, if you can only Mm -hmm. walk for five minutes – then go walk for five minutes. But as you build your resiliency, then you'll be able to do more. And I think everybody has to start somewhere, even if it's teeny tiny, it's the best place to start. And, you know, particularly with my, my, my yoga practice, tell people if all you can do, all you can do is because that's how I started after, after my injury, you know, like I've shared before, I had multiple physical injuries. I had more muscles in my neck. I just looked sternum. Um, so I couldn't do a lot of the yoga poses, poses that I was doing. And I, I literally only do five poses. And I did them for like 10 minutes a day. a day. And gradually over time, I was able to do more. I started getting range of motion. I started getting balance. Um, you, know, um, you know, when you start seeing those wins, like you said, okay, now I'm doing yoga for for 12 minutes. It, like it, 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 it just it gives you those wins, and those are exciting because then you can see those gains. Like they're 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 tangible, right? Uh, um, going to 12 minutes. Um, so there, there's value in that, in, in just doing five minutes a day, if that's all, that's all you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a, the gym I go to, I'm not, I'm not one of these people that, that clings on to memes or photos or pictures because, you know, you got all those inspirational posters and, and things like that. And, 
they don't really do much for for me. I'm not one of those kind of people. But there's like this one place in the in the gym. There's actually a picture, and it has like a a stack of dumbbells. And at the very end, there, there's like a little like one pound dumbbell, and it's it's just a photo, and it says, "Yeah, everybody has to start somewhere." And it's mm-hmm. kind of funny because. I always see it when I leave, and like I said, I'm not one of those people. Like that, that doesn't really motivate me. It doesn't do anything. But uh, as years ago, when I was, you know, so we we all go through our stuff. So there's kind of a moment where I had a ton of stress and a ton of things going on in my world, um, and I was like, I got to get back to self care because that was probably the biggest thing in my world. I was suffering was my own self care, and so I remember going back to the gym, which had been a long time, and I remember seeing that poster, and I was like, I was like oh, I hate this poster, you know, because I was like, because I would get so frustrated because I'm like, this is all I could do today. You know, it's like lifting weights, you know, I was trying to get back and do that. And I was like, man, I feel so weak. And then, um, you know, it's just like the past month I was, uh, you know, texting Dr. Maynard and I was like, I was like, look at him up too. This is like the, the best I've ever done, you know, and I still see that poster as I leave going like, everybody has to start somewhere, you know, and, and, and that's okay. You know, as long as you're building and building and building, that's what's important. It's not where you start, but it's where you're going and how well you're doing it. And and I think we all have to start somewhere. So, you know, and I think that's the struggle for a lot of people that have brain injuries is when things are so overwhelming, it's easy to shut down. But I think we got to rebuild that. You have to rebuild that resiliency and we have to start somewhere. Yeah. And I mean, that one pound weight, like that's what I started with after my injury, right? Like, that was about all I could handle for certain for certain things. So um, everybody starts somebody starts someone. You know, don't compare yourself to the person next to you. And I think that's a big problem too is people see somebody doing well well after injury and they start comparing themselves. Like, why aren't I doing that well yet? Yet, you know. And like you said, there's so many, so many variables, right? There's resiliency. There's genetics. There's underlying conditions. So yeah, just. Stop comparing yourself to others. Um, so, Dr. Stedman, we're just about out of time. So, I I, so I, I, I wrap up by asking you, like, what is your takeaway from today? Like, what do you want people listening, listening to take about resiliency um, and, and maybe start implementing it? Uh, I think the takeaway is I feel like the, the, the hacks that you see out there are super cool. But that's not always everybody's starting point. And I think it's important to find where your starting point is and be okay that it's small. And I think especially after brain injuries, because I, I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast, you know, have, have had brain injuries or know someone who's had a brain injury. And I think the, the important thing when you're post-brain injury is just you have to rebuild that resiliency. And I think finding a place mm-hmm. to start is the most important piece. And even if it's a one pound weight or a five minute walk, then, you know, then that's what you do. You know, like you said, if you can only do two poses in yoga, then do two two poses in yoga, do your five minutes, you know, meditation and maybe journal. And, and that's your starting point because when you, when you look back on your journey and you say, this was my starting point, the amount of joy will Get, and the hope gets bigger and bigger and bigger, but you got to have a starting point and don't forget where you came from because because yeah, the journey yeah. can be really tough, but it's so good to see where you came from 
because uh, it shows all the hard work that you put into it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love perfect advice. And what, a, and what a great conversation to kick off the year too. Like, I just feel like this is perfect timing coincidentally. Um, and if anyone would want to find you, Dr. Stedman, um, they can find you at integratedbrainscenters.com, you and Dr. Perry Maynard. And um, if they are interested in learning more, they can schedule a consultation with you, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, we do free free 30-minute consultations to kind of meet and greet and see if we'd be a good fit. And, you know, if we're a great fit, then that's awesome. And if not, then that's awesome. So, you know, we're not for everybody, you know, because we all have mm-hmm. to have great fits, and sometimes the timing is not a great fit either. So if it's always a great fit, yeah. then that's awesome. Awesome. Well thank, well, thank you so much for being today, Dr. Stubman. Absolutely. Thanks, Fred. And thank you, thank you, everyone, for listening today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Again, just a big thank you to Dr. Stedman and Integrated Brain Center being our podcast sponsor. And you can find previous podcasts, uh, episodes of the podcast on most streaming, such as iTunes, iTunes, Spotify, or you can find them directly at basesoftbi.com. We have over 100 episodes. You can go back and go back, and I'm sure you'll find a topic that applies to you. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And remember to join Amy's TBI Tribe on Facebook. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it for just a $5 a month with a Patreon membership. That's patreon.com slash Amy Zellmer. Amy Zellmer. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I will see you in the next episode.